The Other Side of the News is a current and dynamic companion to augment the discussions from The Other Side of Midnight. We investigate, explore, and extrapolate facts to gain better understanding of current affairs and events, and thus... To bring comfort and calm to our wide international audience. It's a spontaneous commentary... Based on well-verified references vetted through vigilance and discernment. Our desire, desire is to awaken your imagination with questions. Questions that have not been asked, yet need answering. The Other Side of the News is a place where you can come and be with us in community. Learning new things, asking questions, getting compelling answers, and interesting viewpoints. It's about curiosity. We present thought-provoking questions to incite your mind, propelling you to see the world in another way. Propelling you to see the world in another way clear insights and fresh perspectives on global events. Tune in for a balanced view of the other side of the news. Welcome. Welcome to the other side of the news. I greet you co-creators of our future. We're here to bring you information, not to enslave your mind with dread, worry, and fear, rather to liberate you from the mass hypnosis. We offer perspectives that are censored by the mockingbird media that spews out its venom to poison our thoughts. Now, for those of you who ask, well, what is the mockingbird media? You'll find it in my links. Basically, it's a demonstration of some hmm, 40 or so newscasters all parroting the exact same words because they are owned by the global elite. And you will find a chart of the media owners of those companies also in my links. Tonight, our guest Nick Alviar will share with us his personal experience on Capitol Hill January 6th of this year, and the revelations that have ensued from his experience. There have been many portrayals of what happened on that fateful day, but very few of them reveal the truth. Again, in my section, you will find CNN's depiction of that day, and right below it, an analysis of the staging of events along with leaked insider video. Our guest tonight, Nick Alviar, will go deeply into the backstory that mass media deliberately covers up. We know that there were some 14,000 hours of monitored surveillance tape of the so-called insurgents on the Capitol Hill, yet it is being withheld from the public. I ask you, why? Why are they withholding that tape? With the Freedom of Information Act, documents have been released indicating that possibly as high as 34% of the so-called insurgents were actually FBI infiltrators ushered in by the Capitol Police in costume. And some of them, as you may have seen, very bizarre costumes to discredit the patriots. Why are the patriots being targeted? One elderly man at the Capitol, in dire need of relief, received permission 
to go in and use the men's room. Several weeks later, agents showed up at his home and terrorized his young grandson and family when they arrested him and dragged him away. People who were at the Capitol are being held with no charges, no representation, in solitary confinement, and no set time for release. Yet around the country, BLM and Antifa rioters, breaking havoc and serious property damage go unpursued, with no arrests and no accountability for their acts. Violent criminals, drug cartel gangsters, murderers, and rapists are all being let out of jail. All of this is a desperate effort on the part of the dark forces to destabilize the populace and distract us so we cannot take back our power. It is the old divide and conquer, divide and conquer, being played over and over and over again. It won't work this time. Too many of us are waking up. And while they hope to destroy our economies, these lockdowns have actually been the impetus for people to look deeper into their being and search out what they really want to give their life energy to. Many are creating new income streams because you see, the conscious, those who are awake, are highly creative and we will find a way. In fact, we three hosts are all artists, and our guest tonight is a film artist. More than ever, it is important to give our energies and focus to creating and creativity, to bring in the resplendent world of beauty, something that the dark forces have no idea how to create or combat. We are breaking through. We are making huge strides, and humanity is redefining itself, seeking to be conscious. It is no longer a woo-woo conversation. It is a profound conversation. It is the new expression of physics. We rise together. So make your daily actions creative, soulful, and infused with compassion and love. There is no power greater, for the light will always easily dispel the darkness. Make your work about creating something that you truly care for. This will bring balance and restore the wellness of being to our families, to our loved ones, to the world, to our planet. So welcome you all. I'm so excited to get on with this show. Tonight, the show is called The Lion's Share of Truth. Our guest is Nick Alviar, and it is our 63rd edition. My co-hosts are Timothy Saunders and Annette Driscoll, and I am Kinthea. Annette, would you like to share with us what's up? <laughs> I would. Well... I'm going to call this the convergence because, wow, there is so much happening out there in the world. Mockingbird Media doesn't necessarily want you to know about, but it's still happening. 
in the last seven rotations since we last got together, so many things are occurring. And so I thought I'd start out with some levity here about China, you know, if, if China can be funny. And actually, these are kind of funny. The first one I want to talk about is China says Wuhan lab scientists deserve the Nobel Prize. I'm serious. This is <laughs> this came from the government. Uh, China, China's government-run media outlets are reporting that instead of being blamed for the leaking of the coronavirus, the Wuhan virology lab scientists should be awarded the Nobel Prize for being the first to sequence the virus. By the way, it has never been sequenced. That's just on the side there. It's never been isolated, so how could you sequence it? I, yeah. Okay. Naturally, it's only a matter of time before the World Health Organization throws its weight behind the recommendation or for big tech companies to censor anyone who says this is a completely absurd idea or for the Twitter mob to accuse anyone who doesn't support China's Nobel Prize to push as an anti-Asian racist. We can see where this one's going to go. And along those same lines, LinkedIn censors China's expert at request of China. So the Microsoft-owned networking resume website LinkedIn has been helping China censor intellectual dissidents. Uh, one academic, Jolie Olson, has written five books on China. He received a message from LinkedIn stating that if he did not edit his profile, it would be blocked in China. Um, that's because he had mentioned as his graduate thesis was written on Tiananmen Square. And he's not the only one. According to the Wall Street Journal, LinkedIn has complied with 38 of 42 requests from China last year to remove content. So apparently, telling the truth, even if it's about your own background, is enough to have you struck off big tech platforms. It's kind of scary, actually. All of this other stuff is going on, too. The election fraud is now undeniable. Even though we haven't heard the results from the Arizona audit, enough has leaked out about that and Georgia that we, and in a few other states too, and we've known it, but the Mockenberg media has suppressed the information. Now it's really seeping out all over the place. It is undeniable. Twitter is now being sued for deplatforming millions at the behest of the Democratic National Convention. This coordination is de facto state action, meaning massive first amendment violations occurred at the direction of elected officials. That's a big deal. That's happening this week. China, again, back in the, the news, I don't think it's going to get out of the news for a while. It's been announced that it's had its most significant defection in its history. Dong Jingwei, he's a high-level military person. He's basically their person who's a uh, espionage catcher or the one that's kind of Spies on the spies. He has information that's closing the gap on both COVID-19 origins and the election hacking. And Merrick Garland didn't even know we had him. Merrick Garland, he's the U.S. Attorney General that got really bitch slapped last week by the Arizona Attorney General that basically told him to get out of their business, that the states had more power than the feds, which is true. And I did post that letter from him last week. Great letter. You can go back and see it. Biden's so panicked that now he's openly talking about we the people needing fighter jets and nuclear weapons to take on the government. Hmm? Uh, is anyone really paying attention to this, this old codger anyway? I don't know. Some still are because he's mocked and poked constantly now by the international community. <laughs> That's all going on. Congress is so neutered they can't pass their election theft legislation, H.R. 1, although they control the legislator and executive branches. Another, hmm? 
Schiff and um, Sawell and others have been under the surveillance for years, didn't even know it, entered Durham. Durham actually entered the equation years before the public at large knew he did. You can't subpoena records without a federal grand jury, and Schiff and Sawell, ranking members of the House Intelligence Committee, had no clue that they were under investigation. You realize the House Intelligence Committee said they didn't need a grand jury, so they're under that investigation. They don't even know it. I don't know. If that wasn't so scary, it would be really funny. But these are supposed to be people that are watching our um, intelligence. So, hmm. Media is getting exposed by Project Veritas with journalist whistleblowers coming out by the day. They absolutely busted CNN a couple, like, I don't know, months, six weeks ago. And uh, they're on Telegram. They have their own channel. If you don't know their work, it's absolutely fantastic. It'll make your day. They have whistleblowers left and right, and they're catching these people, the media, with their pants down every single day. It's fantastic. John McAfee, now this is kind of sad. Supposedly he's committed suicide. Dominion used his software when he was suicided. What information did he have ready to be released? Because he had a dead man switch. He talked about it. And uh, I really kind of, I think this is worth keeping an eye on because I think he might be another Epstein. In other words, I don't think that he's actually suicided. I think they got him out of there and he's in protective custody because he knows too much. We'll see. Keep your eye on that one. And then uh, COVID has been confirmed beyond a shadow of a doubt to be a bioweapon deployed by the uh, CCP, facilitated by Fauci and other corrupt elites. The pseudo-vaccines, they were approved by Fauci's wife, by the way. A lot of people don't know that. She's at the FDA, and she was the one that approved them for experimental use. They're just not being taken at the rates expected, and MSM narrative is failing. And that's a real bummer for Fauci and his buddies there because they have big stakeholder shares in Moderna and Pfizer that aren't going to pay off nearly as well. Hmm, too bad. That's if they're around to catch any payoffs if you get my drift. Then we've got the Hunter laptop. And if you know anything about that, that's a, um, that's a real barrel of laughs there. Not really. It's really gross and corrupt. That's another one where the media has just tried to keep the lid on it and it's popping off. And it's really, it, we aren't hearing much about it in this country, but I do go to international news sites. That's where I get the good stuff, you guys. They're just having a, a circus with this. So the media is in a crisis and um, they're kind of losing it. Boo-hoo-hoo for them. Too bad. I wanted to get a little bit further into this guy, Don Jingwei. This, he's the vice minister um, he actually, if this is pretty, this is pretty big stuff. He defected. And like I said, he was the highest level defector ever in Chinese history. And he contacted the DIA officials when he defected. This is interesting because it's, it's speculative. And I'm going to tell you why it's not speculative in a minute, but it's speculative because he came to the DIA, not to the FBI, not to the Department of Justice, because they're corrupt. They're black hat. We've got, um, we've got this very interesting thing, because essentially we have these two different factions of the government running. So the one, the what I call the faux government, is denying that this guy even defected. What's fascinating about this, it was brought up in the meetings that they had in Alaska. I don't know if you guys remember, in April of this year, up in Alaska, they had a meeting with China and the U.S. And uh, 
talk about bitch slapping. Yeah, that was that was really bad. That was really embarrassing. And they were questioning about this guy. It makes it seem like it probably he really had defective because they were you know, they were asking about it. And then they said, oh, no, he's here. He went to this meeting. But there's no evidence of that. The meeting time, place, location was never given. There's no video, no photographs. It looks like this is real. And then I checked in with somebody who I can't tell you who it is. It was a high-level military person. And they confirmed that this person did defect. And then they had also confirmed with a Russian source it's deep under, but it, it looks pretty real. Again, there's no way to prove it because it's all underground. I wanted to tell you a little bit about what he brought to the surface here, because this is very important for as we go forward. He has uh, detailed information about China's special weapons system, the Chinese military's operation at the Wuhan Institute of Virology and the origins of SARS-CoV-2, the Chinese government's assets and sources within the United States, Dong has extremely, this is a quote, Dong has extremely embarrassing and damaging information about our intelligence community and government officials in the terabytes of da data that he is providing to the DIA. And that's the Defense Intelligence Agency. He went straight in, and that's uh, the military, and that's the Pentagon. What's interesting now, too, is right before... Trump left office after the election, but before he left office, he changed several things about the CIA and how it was functioning. And it has to report through the Pentagon. And they changed the director to Mark Miller. This whole thing is fascinating. The thing that's most fascinating is what's being leaked out to the public is the timing of this, that it was supposed to be February of this year. However, it appears that it was about one year ago. That would mean that what I'm about to read to you was known before the elections. And again, I can't confirm this from what we're piecing together. This is what the um, information that pretty well everyone's confirming the guy had, which is he had early pathogenic studies of the virus we now know as SARS-CoV-2, models of predicted COVID spread and damage to the U.S. and the world, financial records detailing which exact organizations and governments funded the research on SARS-CoV-2 and other biological warfare research, names of U.S. citizens who provided intel to China, names of Chinese spies working in the U.S. or attending U.S. universities, financial records showing U.S. businessmen and public officials who received money from the Chinese government. This is pretty juicy. Details of meetings U.S. government officials had, perhaps unwittingly. And it goes on with, uh, oh, unwittingly, it says with Chinese spies and members of Russia's SBR, how Chinese government gained access to a CIA's communication system leading to the death of dozens of Chinese people who were working with the CIA under the Clinton State Department. It goes well beyond the COVID and bioweapons. It's really a window into this extensive and entrenched intelligence network that China's established in this country. This will continue to unfold, and it's a really big deal. We may not hear much about it for a while, because if it indeed is what my two sources are saying, then they're going to keep it under wraps until they bring it forward. This information is really, really valuable to the movement of the other government. We'll just say that. <laughs> okay. 
I don't know how many of you have heard this, but uh, this is a pretty big story. I heard it last week, and then I wasn't sure if it was one of those wild rumors. So actually, it's been confirmed, at least part of the story. And that is that British Airways had four pilots die after being vaccinated. Now, they, of course, say that there's no connection between the vaccines and they're suddenly dying. However, the numbers aren't very good there for them. They have approximately uh, 3,600 pilots with British Airways, and they had four die in one week after the vaccines. They all died in the same way with the blood clots, and these people were in their 30s and 40s. Now, pilots have to have medical exams constantly. They have them all the time because they have hundreds of people's lives in their hands every day that they work. They really need people that aren't going to have a heart attack or something while they're flying. So now they've got these blood clots. This is really big because it turns out that the, the flight attendants, the Airline Pilots Association, has basically bribed them, coerced them with, A, money, incentives, and B, if you don't do this, you won't get certain flight routes, which means you won't be working. And uh, they keep saying this, so it's not mandatory yet, but they keep coming up with more stuff. So essentially, they, on average, the United got paid $2,000 a piece. So they, they paid them for 13 extra hours of pay, which on average apparently is that. Other airlines are also, American and Delta also offered extra time pay. And uh, so at the same time, this same week, they had three pilots in Delta also died. And a cargo uh, plane pilot in Canada passed out as he was ready to take off on the runway from a cargo plane. Oh, that's seven dead and one passing out pilot in the same week. In the meantime, they're telling the public, if you've had the vaccine, don't fly because your risk of blood clots get there really, really high. Some people have asked me why. The brief explanation I give you is that it, it does, you know, you have a lot of things going on. You have low oxygen levels in flights. You have low humidity. You're inactive. Your legs are bent. You know, there's a lot of things not great for that. The spike proteins activate the platelet coagulation, and they also damage the platelet. When you form a clot and it goes to your lungs, your heart, or your brain, they call it different things, but those are all blood clots that kill you if they go to any one of those three places. That's what's really going on in a nutshell. This is really something to watch and pay attention to. It's very damning for the airline industry, and there has been talk about them banning people who have the vaccine. So in the meantime, they're telling the public not to fly after they've had a vaccine. They're saying a recent vaccine. From what I'm reading, it's basically vaccine. So, And that doesn't surprise me because, as we've talked about before, these protein, spike proteins, they replicate in the system. These things gain power, don't lose power over time. Or at least that's what we expect to see happen. It's a real conundrum. It'll be very interesting how they try to spin this story as we watch this unfold. I also wanted to talk briefly about the prions disease. Uh, Dr. Richard Fleming came out. It's a very short video. I've talked about this before. It's so important to understand this, that the nanoparticles or the lipids or 
the hydrogel. They use different names for the same thing. These are engineered so that they go through the blood-brain barrier. And this is really, really important to understand because there's a reason that the brain has a barrier and has a blood-brain barrier. Things are not supposed to go in there. And when they do, it causes all kinds of problems. It also creates Lewy bodies. They found Lewy bodies in the animal brains. The few that lived, 95% of them died. If you wonder what Lewy bodies are, when those show up in the brain, they, that is the, uh, that's the, the other name is Alzheimer's disease. This is pretty serious. Another thing that's come out this week, which isn't surprising, is uh, for men, it's urology. If you get your PSA test, it really elevates the PSA ratings after the jab. Apparently, it does go down later, but it's not fully down. So in other words, at your 0.5, you go up to a 9, which is outrageously high, and then you come back to a, like a 1.5. But here's something that I saw. As you know, I track the... Um, the deaths and hospitalizations and all that kind of stuff. And I hadn't done it for a while. I hadn't announced it on the show. So on the 4th of uh, June, I had 5,888 deaths. So I looked today, and there's something really fascinating, and it's disturbingly fascinating. Today, somehow we have 3,986 deaths. Now, I ask you... Have people stopped dying? Did the dead people, did they just, you know, resurrect? What happened there? I had a video up last week, I think we'll redo that one, about the manipulation of the VAERS data. As it is, it's supposedly about 1%, and uh, now they're taking the numbers off. This is really not good. Another thing to track and kind of pay attention to, mainstream media is saying that VAERS data is not confirmed. I beg to differ. If you ever fill out a VAERS form, it, it's about nine pages long. Several pages of it are documents on that you're not lying, that you're swearing under oath, that uh, you know it car carries the penalty of perjury, etc. It's very serious if you fill that out. Another thing that's contradictory here is this week the WHO has come out and actually said that the vaccines are not safe for people under 18 years old. Big surprise. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we reported 86% of the, the children that had gotten the vaccine had had adverse reactions. That's only 14% that hadn't immediately. And long term, we know that that's actually probably 100%. They finally came out. So now big tech, who has been in bed with the WHO, has suddenly turned on the WHO and said that they're taking people if you're printing uh, any information on your social media from the WHO or the CDC. They say that that's false news and disinformation now. Interesting. Also, Dr. Robert Malone, I had that video up last week. He's the inventor of the mRNA vaccine technologies. And they are saying that that's misinformation and false news. He's the guy who invented this stuff. He's talking about it, but he doesn't know what he's talking about. If people don't believe that this is what's going on, I can assure you it is. I have three family members that have been hospitalized with blood clots. I don't have a big family. I have a pretty small family. Two step-parents, a stepmother and a stepfather and a stepbrother. The point is, is they've all been hospitalized with blood clots after getting the jab. Can you give me any medically backed research to prove that these things even stop the spread of this man-made, engineered intentionally released Fauci-funded bioweapon. 
and nobody can give me that answer. I ask you to think about this. We're at break. And we'll return after the break. Well, I think you're looking with this great reset, you're looking at Mr. Globalone's efforts to move everybody into a cashless society, which, you know, like it or not, that's a one-way mirror, folks. Because at that point, you're not dealing with a currency. You're dealing with a corporate coupon that they can adjust the value of at the push of a button, depending on whether or not you're good little boys and girls. And if you're getting into a system where all of the infrastructure of financial clearing is in the hands of the bankers, that's not a system you want to go into. You look at the West, and more importantly, if you look at what some people call the Anglosphere, the, the Western powers that are English-speaking, the United Kingdom, Canada, United States, and so on, I do think it's the case there. They're using a health crisis really to drive a, a political agenda. And the health crisis itself is largely blown way, way out of proportion to what's actually the case. If you look at what Mr. Globalone is up to, they are recreating slavery. And the, the thing that is unique about slavery is they now have the means of perfecting the capital because now they can literally implant your body with the means to track you. It's not going to go away overnight, but there are already uh, I think some hopeful signs of cracks beginning to appear in the edifice. This is Joseph P. Farrell, and for all the news the media doesn't like you to hear, tune in to the other side of the news. Welcome back to The Other Side of the News. Tonight, our guest is Nick Alviar. The show is called A Lion's Share of Truth. Co-hosting are Annette Driscoll and Timothy Saunders and myself, Kinthea. I am really excited to bring Nick on. He's a filmmaker and musician. He's made 26 full-length documentaries in last year alone. His journey started six months ago prior to COVID in a near-death experience, which led him to pursuing his childhood dreams and hobbies. I love those near-death experiences. Turning his focus from music videos to documentaries, Nick's company, Good Lion Films, exploded in April 2020. After being deleted off YouTube, Nick created a new home for his work, Good Lion TV. By the way, folks, his website, Good Lion TV, you are going to find the most amazing videos. 
and membership is only $4 a month. Come on, that's nothing. And you will find hours and hours and hours of material that will open you up to possibilities you have never even considered. His visions of the future include building a new wave of Hollywood cinema, a Red Pill music and film festival, and bringing Good Lion TV to 100,000 plus people. Nick, welcome to the other side of the news. Hi, I'm happy to be here. How are you? Uh, I am so delighted to have you here with us. Before we uh, go a little further down this rabbit hole, I am curious about your near-death experience. <laughs> Will you I share? Knew, I, I Absolutely. I actually felt like this was going to come up for sure. Uh yeah, so actually, this is a, uh, I have a tattoo on me. It's a Prius, <clears throat> and, and that is where the near-death experience happened. And uh, basically, I was driving home, and I, I drove home drunk. I don't drink anymore, but on this occasion, <clears throat> I uh, decided not to take an Uber, and I drove down the PCH, and what ended up happening was I, I just woke up on my couch, and my wife at the time told me that you totaled the car and that it was parked outside nicely. And I thought, what? Parked outside? I don't remember anything. And so I look, I see the car is completely totaled. How did I get home? I, I did, there was no law enforcement or anything. And um, <clears throat> I ended up going to work the next day on a shuttle and there was an accident on the freeway. And because there was, we were going slow and I could look for clues and evidence to see where I, what happened. Cause I saw on the car, there was markings from guardrails. And so I found the location where green paint smeared on the guardrail and the grass from underneath matched perfectly from my car. And I realized that had I not had that turn at the perfect time it was, if it was any sooner, I would have gone off the cliff. I would have died. Oh, I'm sure I would have died. That's the PCH cliff from Ventura to Santa Barbara. And in that moment, I started crying because I have a, a four-year-old daughter. And I, and I thought, oh, my God, I should be dead. And then I started realizing, what if I did die? I didn't do any of the things that I felt that I was meant to do as a young kid. I always had a, a very strong sense of purpose as a young kid with serving humani humanity and also with music and film. Music and film primarily at eight years old, nine years old, I was fortunate enough to have my mom as a technology teacher bringing home a bunch of equipment and my little curious mind just developed a relationship with everything. And I'm a computer wizard. I fix computers, but I primarily I, I've been editing for that long. So to make 26 films uh, in a year, it was actually really easy. It was actually really easy. Um, because of the purpose. What, what had happened was I, I realized I, I wasn't doing what I thought I was going to do. And so I, I created a company right away to do real estate videos and music videos. Hmm. But uh, that didn't really go anywhere. It, but it created Good Lion, the name. And, and then what was going on was I was making my own music videos because I'm a musician as well. And then I saw Fall of the Cabal and my mind and reality went deeper into the, the rabbit hole. And, uh, and then I had this deep epiphany. And, and what it was was, boom, I could do this, and I could do this better. 
I can make it cinematic. I can make it so you can share it with anybody and they'll listen because there's respect. Because sometimes you watch something from YouTube and, and it's going to be very easy for someone to judge and then they won't listen. But if it looks mm-hmm. like a movie, they'll listen. And so mm-hmm. that was my, my angle. And I didn't write any movies for up until my fifth one. So like I got really lucky. Like the first, the first script I found on Twitter for the movie Swamp, which is uh, the truth of elite child sex trafficking, that was written by, uh, I can't mention his name, but he was one of the first creators of Wikipedia in the 90s. And he, I just so happened to find a really good script on Twitter, and it, I didn't know it was him. And things like that kept happening. And, and then eventually I built the courage to write my own, and that was Purviewood. Purviewood won, then blew up. And ever since then, it's been a, a film a week or a film every two weeks. And, and now that it's been around for a year, uh, well, the website's been around since November. Now it's getting to a point where I can kind of breathe a little bit, which is really nice. Nick, one of the things that I'm really like honing in on is that you had a sense of purpose as a young person. And this car accident was a real wake-up call for you. And it puts you deeply in touch with a deeper purpose, a commitment to your daughter and to life. And that's just what I was mentioning in the opening here is that this stress that we're all going through, it's the opportunity to go through that birth canal and to Mm -hmm. really tap into that deeper sense of knowing. And you so beautifully demonstrated that when you did, the synchronicity of finding this script and connecting this and connecting that and the aha, it's like, you know, folks, when we when we dial in our purpose, when we really get clear who we are, what we really, what our real essence, and we're not distracted by what the outside world is telling us to do, but when we really dial in inside what's being told to do, then the universe conspires to help us succeed, and it lines up all the elements that yeah. are needed, and you are the perfect example of that. I love it. I love it. Oh, and, my God. It's crazy. It just keeps happening. It keeps <laughs> happening. It's so crazy. <laughs> well, And then the other thing that you said that I am so curious about, and we'll put it on the, the show page later, I hope, is, come on, man, where's the music? <laughs> you got to uh, yeah, share some music. Sure. We'll put some of your music up. I know. I didn't send you anything. And... You know, that's something I'm working on. But yeah, I know music is actually like the more vulnerable part of me. And when I started editing films, I thought I can put my music on here. It just changed it to a whole nother level. People will watch the films just to listen to some music. Yeah, it's 432 hertz. It's it's made to be easy to consume because it's I mean, I've always made it 432 hertz, but it just so happens now that. yeah, because now you're watching things that are difficult to digest, but you have the assistance of, of technology and audio form to soothe you subconsciously while you are able to dissect it. It's using their techniques against them. And that's exactly what I'm trying to do here is reverse the whole Hollywood brainwash, that experiment that happened for 100 years. I love that you're doing that because actually – the nonprofit that I co-founded with a friend of mine, we're putting up a channel called Global Rhythms to focus on 432 
<laughs> music. So we'll have to have some of your music on the channel there. Uh, yes, I'll send you all of it. Wonderful, wonderful. So let's let's dive a little deeper here now that we've got a taste of who is Nick Alviar. How did you land up on Capitol Hill? <laughs> Good question. So uh, I ended up leaving my, my wife. We had to split at the middle of last year. And ever since, I've been from Airbnb to Airbnb, planning monthly trips to wherever, and then I'll make movies wherever I end up. And I ended up making the choice uh, to, to go to the Capitol for the last Trump rally, or at least what felt like it was going to be. And, well, it was. Who knows? But anyway, <clears throat> I ended up going. Uh, I decided to go. And uh, it's my first time going to D.C. I was there the day before. I walked around and I saw all these satanic statues and felt some very strange vibes all over the place. Almost like there's an underground city there. There's, there's, some, there's some darkness in D.C. for sure. Dark city is probably what it should stand for. But um, then the next day, I was there at 5 a.m. and uh, waiting for Trump until uh, 1 o'clock, I think, is when he finally came on, or, or 12. But, uh, yeah, so I went. I met a fan. And he became a good friend. Uh, came down to the point where, you know, the, the rally was amazing. Trump felt a little uh, off, maybe worried, or for some reason he just didn't feel regular. And, and he came on an hour late, and there were snipers up at the, at the top of the buildings. Like, we were noticing that we hadn't seen such protective uh, glass before. And he had a, a lot of glass there protecting him from potential shots. It was just super different. And uh, anyway, make our way to the to the Capitol. It takes about like 45 minutes to walk there. And I'm in the grass and I hear everyone say Pence uh, did not side with us. He didn't side with us. And then every, I look up and I already, it's not like it began just then. It, there were, I didn't realize it, but people were going in. And when I saw people were going in, I thought, okay, there's thousands of people going in there. I'm going in no matter what. I'm filming mm. this whole thing. And I did. And I filmed the whole thing. And it saved me because I eventually got up there really fast. I found Wait, a way up there oh, really Hold fast. on. So when you say they were yeah. going in, were the Capitol Police just letting you in? I mean, how were you going in? Well, to describe the scene, which and you'll see footage from my film, Purviewood Volume, Purviewood 9, Volume 2 is all about this, what I'm saying now. You'll see all the footage. Um, they, so, well, not, so climbing, climbing the structure. Cops couldn't really prevent many people from climbing the structure, but uh, they did attempt to prevent us from going through any doors. But at some point, for example, what I ended up filming, uh, once I got up to the very top, you did have cops trying, but there weren't enough. And they all looked really amateur. They all looked young and scared. And so, a lot of so you were scared, climbing scared to go notes. up? You say you were climbing? Like climbing were... as just a, it's, I don't necessarily, like there were people literally climbing up onto ramps and mm. there were people climbing the scaffolding. I, in a sense, climbed the building by going under scaffolding, squeezing through people, going upstairs, but on the rail of the stairs. So I was like taking a risk there. 
uh, and, and then once I got up, I got shot actually in both of my thighs, left and right by a What do you mean bullet, you got uh, shot? I actually got shot by, what do you call those? It's, it's not like a real bullet. It's like a... Rubber bullets? Rubber bullets. I got shot on my left and right thigh and I looked down about, I don't know, maybe 20 feet. 30 feet below, um, there was a guy just pointing his gun at me. And I thought, oh, my God. So I turn around, and I see where there was probably 30 cops trying to prevent uh, us from having access to the stairway into a door. They back up slowly because of the power of the people there, kind of like they just couldn't hold it. And then eventually this was left open. And, I'm, and I, what I film is the door open. The door's already open when I start filming it, and everyone's walking in. And then I, I walk in, I turn the camera around and you see that there are cops and, and they're not real. They don't look like real cops. They look like security guards mm-hmm. and, and, and everyone's yelling at them saying, you're doing the right thing. Thank you. Thank you. You're doing the right thing. That's what we, I didn't say that, but that's what we were saying to the cops when I turned around. And the I thought people that was were saying thing. that or the cops were saying that. People were saying that to the cops. Because I saw some footage where I actually saw the cops actually ushering people in. Like they opened up the gate for them. Right. I saw that one too. They're like, please don't destroy anything, blah, blah, blah. Like they became public servants, it it looked like. And what we heard earlier too, FBI agents coding and dressing up differently in order to you know, like what ended up happening was a group of probably these agents getting together and and creating the first act that inspired everyone else to follow, thinking it was organic. Like mm. that, that's really what it looks like. And Ashley Babbitt doesn't look like she was killed at all. That's a whole fake story. That was a false flag. The way they carried her dead body away is not the way anyone in their right protocol would do. They're, I mean, it's just like the whole thing is just... There's a beautiful play-by-play. I don't know if you've seen it. Of of there's a gentleman who just dissects. Oh yeah, it's my in... link. My link number two. Oh, <laughs> um, yes. that's a good one. Yeah, I put that in the film because it's so shocking. It's so there, and so yeah. I mean, when I was in there, I I ended up smoking uh, and some doobies. I'm known as the doobie smoker. If you Google the doobie smoker, that's me. Like <laughs> I, I can, I can claim it now because anyone can go and see. They're gonna just get bombarded with me. And what it is is a bunch of news articles of me getting arrested. And well, you know, you're a good even... car company because Carl Sagan has some video of him smoking doobies. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> The reason why I'm the doobie smoker is because when I got up to the top, the, the, one of the head producers of the Daily Caller, which is Tucker Carlson's business, uh, was up there filming. And, and I knew from the get-go that this guy was not up there for the reason I was. And he says, what kind of strain are you smoking? And I said, uh, Pink Berry. And then that video has 6.6 million views on Twitter. Oh my god. And gosh. that video. Yeah, that's what got my brother's attention. And my brother's like my arch nemesis. He hates me. We're like enemies. Oh. And uh I don't he's jealous. He it, he didn't and he hates Trump. So like he hated that I became a Trump fan 
and supporter. And now he hates that, like, in a way, I'm, I'm well known for something that he, I don't know that he just hates. So anyway, he told the FBI my full name and, and got and pretty much got me in jail. And I, I never really felt negative toward him. And I still don't because going through jail, not that I want to go back, but going through it was one of the most transformative experiences I've ever had. And uh, I have a telegram chat room. I remember being in jail and remembering there's one guy who did a tarot reading, the three cards and the three cards stuck with me because it's exactly what I was going through. And it was one was like the, this card of change. I think it was the tower. And then the second one was a, a meaning was metamorphosis, like a transformation. And then the last mm-hmm. one was like a new day. And so like, that's exactly what happened for me in there. I, it's so hard to, I was four weeks in jail in Virginia. Wow. And then they moved me for one week to the DC jail. It takes a week to go to that, to DC's jail. So I was in other jails and the were that whole with, booking process. Were you with yep. other, other people who had been on the Capitol? Oh yeah. And, uh, that's basically what they were doing. They were making sure everyone that was arrested around the whole United States were flown out or driven, if they were close enough, to DC's jail where we could all be together. Mm. Very strange. Very yeah. strange. Why? What are the, why do they all want us together for? And right now it's become very disturbing. Like, I, I have connections still with, there's an app, called, we could all do this. It's called gettingout.com. And if you know the person in jail's name, you can then send them a text message. It costs like 25 cents, I think, per text. It's kind of expensive. That's, this is the whole thing is they make money off of this. But you can communicate with them still. And so I was, I was in there for a week. And it's 23 hours in the cell and one hour out. And I experienced the wrath that is happening now. I experienced the beginning of it. What I mean by that is there's... I, I'm going to say there's one, but there may be two uh, correctional officers who are in there who are actually creating havoc for the patriots that are there. They're, mm-hmm. They've been recorded saying, fuck America. Um, what happens often is at night we would all sing. We would all, we would all pray. We would sing American songs like a Star Spangled Banner or, or Amazing Grace. Uh, and they would tell us to shut up. And they say, F America. It's, sh- it's shocking being in that jail be- because it is completely Black Lives Matter. And that's why they have all the patriots in their own segregated jail. Because mm-hmm. if we were in the public jail, there would be a lot of drama, a lot of, a lot of bloody noses. And, uh-huh. um, Did they you know, let you have you, your like, phone so you could record any of this or they took that from you? No, yeah, they take your they take your phone. What they yeah, have in there is. I would have loved is, to have heard them singing "Amazing Grace." Oh, I know that'd be amazing. Oh, jail. They give you an i. They give you a tablet that there aren't enough tablets for everyone, so it's on a rotation. And you, we all made made it do with with what we had, but um, it's so unfortunate. Like when I moved from the Virginia jail um, to D.C., the last stop. Uh, just so happened they put me in a gym and I had to wait like three hours for the, the van to come and take us. 
when I was in that gym, there were four other people in there and they were at the Capitol. And it was the first time in my month of being locked up that I could talk to another person who was there. And it was the best time we had ever had. Like it was so, and the, the entire van ride, we were just chit chatting, having a good time. Yeah. And and we thought we were going to be in a bay with everyone out of their cells, being able to converse with other patriots. And right. it even looked kind of cool at one point. But then we realized there's 23 hours in the cell with one hour out. That's the worst, most demanding type of spiritual experience. If you don't have any spiritual uh, techniques in your quiver, it, it's gonna, it's not going to be there were some really tough men in there that were losing their shit at night. Uh, so know, it was, it was a, a, a time for real transformation. We're witnessing yeah, of the had, power of spirit, too. Exactly, because I come from a heavy meditation background. I've done a lot of Vipassana meditation retreats. And I didn't go to school until 26. And I immediately saw what the whole thing was about and left. And so, like, I've forgotten a lot of the things I was taught in my early 20s, and they all came right back when I was in jail. And I was able to make friends, lifelong friends. And we we even did a charity in the first jail I was in for 30 days. I ended up buying every week about 10 meals for, for people in there. Wow. It's really cool. I know. Almost- those, kind of, those kind of experiences, they source your soul, don't they? I mean... They really give purpose and meaning to why we're here. Oh my gosh! Beyond beyond everything, yes, that's exactly what that that was all about. And like the day I got out of jail, if I hadn't had my fans that became friends from my Telegram group, um, the, a few core members made it happen. They talked to every lawyer. They found out why I was still in there. They got movement going because if they hadn't done any of that, I'd still be in there. Really? I'd still be in there. Oh, for yeah. sure. I still have an ankle monitor on. I, I've been such a good boy this whole entire my life. So like nothing on my record um, pretty much gives me the ability to have a bond, to be out on bond. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, I have court on the 26th. Hopefully that'll be the end of it. Maybe I'll be the first person to ha- be at the end of it. I don't know if anyone has yet to have a this closed. Um, it's sad. It's sad, really. Like I find it difficult to get online and to reach out to s- specific friends in there because I just can't imagine still being in there and they're still in there doing the same right. thing. This is. And from what you're saying, it sounds like if they don't have friends pulling for them, they might be in there a long time. There are people in there, yes, that shouldn't even be in there. The FBI has video of the entire thing. They have purposefully released only snapshots, screenshots that make someone look terrible and then gives them reason to go find them, lock them up, and... It's unfortunate. One, this, there's, this is a specific case I'm talking about. And this guy was so scared to go to jail that he ended up slitting his wrist. No. Yeah. And he's a 59-year-old. Um, he, he works for the military. He actually tried to go to Switzerland a few times uh-huh. as he knew he was getting caught. And it failed three times. So then he tried to take his life. He was saved last minute. 
I saw those scars and they're in the right direction. If you're, if you know what you're doing. Right. So it, it's just, it's so sad because in his situation, he's saying, Nick, when you get out, cause everyone knew I was going to get out. I was telling everybody I was going to get out. He said, please find the footage because all they released is one snatch, one video, one image. And it's making, making this look like I'm attacking a cop when I was using his baton and, and moving him aside. And I believe him. I, there's, right. He does not look like any kind of negative guy. So he's still stuck in there. You know, people who drop their parents off or drop their kids off, the ones who were in the car that never got in, there are some of those who are locked up. Oh, my gosh. Well, I feel great pain about this, and I really hold a vision that truth is being revealed, and they will be released, and mm-hmm. this will be their uh, come-to-Jesus moment, like you had yours in the car. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And, you know? Yep. Jesus Jesus came back to me in jail. Jesus is everywhere in jail. Through the Bible, everyone will give you a Bible. If you're thinking about it, you'll get it. Wow. It's great. Wow. Yeah. So, Nick, we are at the bottom of the hour. Folks, you're listening to Nick Alviar tell us about his experience on Capitol Hill. The show tonight is called A Lion's Share of Truth. You're listening to The Other Side of the News. And this is Kinthea. We'll be back right after the break. The other side of midnight.com. Talk radio with pictures on demand. Liberate your hyperdimensional time scale and non-linearly access over 400 hours of conversation at the cutting edge of science and thought. Join Club 19.5 to get access to exclusive content that fits your interests and time schedule. Filter episodes by guest or subject. Membership costs $9.95 a month, 33 cents a day. Talk radio with pictures on demand. The other side of midnight.com. So suddenly they discovered this thing called deuterium. They've actually shown studies that depleting the water by 30% actually makes mice thrive and grow faster and increasing the deuterium in water by 30% kills them. So in every liter of water, there's approximately six drops of deuterium. Well, if we were to put six drops of cyanide in our water, we probably wouldn't make it. A poison's a poison. Now this is an isotope, so this is a radioactive, but it is stable. But I believe deuterium serves many, many, many purposes. The history, really, what we should know is the global list have an agenda. And their agenda is to keep us as dumbed down as possible And so we don't recognize what they do and we comply. 
part of the way of doing that is keeping it sick. Most water is about 155, but anything about 120 actually can affect us from literally a psychosis level and affecting our pineal gland and our pituitary gland and of course our right brain. So what happens is excess deuterium makes us sick. Even on the National Institute Health website, they talk about deuterium helping propagate leukemia. And that's them admitting it, because they always have to disclose their BS. That's them admitting it, so you can imagine the other things that it does to our body. It, we don't resonate, we don't sleep very well. I think it is the single biggest tool that the globalists, the cabal, is the biggest tool they have that puts us in a state that we don't recognize anything and we don't resonate and vibrate at the highest level possible. Hello, Lewis Herms here. Wow, what a fantastic time on the other side of the news with the eclectic cast. What incredible information and I was so happy to be here. Good evening and welcome back to the other side of the news. Tonight's show is Lion's Share of the Truth, and our guest is Nick Alvier. And uh, we are having a spirited discussion about his experiences in life and also on Capitol Hill, January 6th event. Uh, and I'd like to dig a little bit into the actual timing of that event uh, with you, Nick. This... Um, you, you you referenced a little bit about uh, President Trump's speech and how it was a bit off, et cetera. And it was nearly an hour late. And uh, I have an idea. I have a theory. No way to prove it mm -hmm. for sure. But uh, it seems that he may have been an hour late because he might have known what was uh, about to go down and he was holding the people back there. Because my understanding was most of the people were still back listening to him. <laughs> and not actually at the Capitol yet. They were streaming to the Capitol when that news came out. Is that correct, or is that timing bogus? Oh, that is correct. That, is, that, that sounds correct to me. Mm -hmm. I felt like, uh, exactly, like Trump knew. Because Trump, I don't know, is he normally an hour late? No, 17 minutes. And it minutes. just so happened, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so I guess what ends up happening is that the first reported uh, time stamp for people invading this capital was at a time where we were still listening to Trump. Right. So that would be really hard to incite a riot that you haven't even finished speaking when you've, you know, when it, when it started. I mean, it's like, I think, I think he fooled them. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's right. what I think, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. from the videos I watched in the very beginning, what I saw, and, and you were there, so I could only tell you what I was watching. Of course, I don't watch mainstream media, so, you know, I'm, I'm trying to watch raw stuff. But uh, what yeah. I saw was people that definitely didn't look like, well, they, they look like the useful idiots of Antifa and, you know, Black Lives Matter kind of people that, I don't know, they, they look like that. It didn't, 
I also saw uh, videos of them inside the Capitol handing stuff back and forth, bragging about that, showing that they had plans of the Capitol building. Yeah, these these yes. definitely weren't patriots that were just at Trump's uh, speech. Yeah, you know, and then Very and true. then and it's, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, there's a lot more information now that is pointing to the fact that it was FBI infiltrated, and I'm mm-hmm. so stoked to see that circulating because it doesn't surprise me one bit. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, yeah. I think that they I, I, I actually think that they they knew what was going to go down. They didn't know, you know, exactly. But I think they had an idea that this was a, they were trying to pull off a false flag. And I think that may have been the reason that Trump held back, because it would yeah. it would really cause, you know, it, it didn't work out. The timing didn't work out. He. Yeah. yeah. And, and I certainly uh, it was a peaceful speech. So like what, what what's going on here? The other thing is, is, you know, I'm big on definitions and words. And it's like, well, that is that doesn't fit the definition of an insurrection, not an armed insurrection. It wasn't an armed insurrection, you know. Which, oh, no, I know. You know? The media <laughs> just took advantage of this from the get go. Like the footage you'll see in the movie, which, uh, again, you can access at goodlion.tv. Um, it is like a bunch of people at a museum. When I was up at the top, you know, you did have people very excited and patriotic to be there. But then for the majority, after everyone got their excitement out, after all the tear gas that they had to get through to get there, uh, it was just very peaceful. People walking around, talking to other people, no weapons. I was shocked when I got out. When I left the Capitol and I got home and I saw that everyone was saying that we were Antifa, that was my big shocker. I, I thought, what? I was there with a bunch of patriots. Well, this is crazy. I had no idea what what was going on. So even being there, I didn't have the perspective that it was a false flag in that moment. Well, you know, I, I can understand how that happens uh, way back. I think it was like 1978. I don't remember the year exactly. But I was at the infamous Who concert where like 11 people got trampled. Uh, wow, and, and, you were there. Yeah. And, and, you know, the thing about it is, is none of us knew it because it happened at one door at one place and the concert went on and and we didn't know. In fact, as far as I understand the band members didn't either. So I can totally, totally get that this kind of thing could occur and you wouldn't even know, especially in a building that size. You wouldn't, you wouldn't know. We all, you wouldn't. And the one thing that did travel around was someone, or at least you'd hear this echo throughout the whole thing. A woman died, a woman died. Wherever you went, you would, you would hear someone say a woman just died. A woman just died. So that echoed, and uh, yeah, we even listened when, when we were told over intercoms from patriots who said Trump said to leave. A lot of us were like, okay, let's get out of here. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. at the same time, though, and, and I'm wondering, because there, there were Antifa folks there. I got them on, on tape. I filmed them. Um, there was one lady who yelled, don't leave. If we leave, they win. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, the whole thing was magical in a weird way. Like there was a guy who came up to me and I charged his phone for a second and he said, I'm going to protect you. And I thought, what? And there was a moment where I was standing filming and I haven't filmed. And he says, step back a bit. Now that I'm saying this, it's, it's starting to seem a little creepier. But he's, he's like, just move back. They're gonna, you're going to see something right here. And then what happened was a smoke bomb went right there where I was. I I just thought it was a divine guidance, but what if this guy, I don't know, how many people were plants? Oh, from the 
the stuff that I got this past week, it looks like quite a few, at least that were that that breached the Capitol. You know, right? Uh, I, I think out on the the grounds, not so much, but the ones that were planted there at the front, because I mean. They could easily do it, right? I mean, you could put them everybody there, and then the rest of the crowd comes from the White House, comes down. Yeah. No. Yeah. It, and, it, you know, like the, the, the moment I got out of jail, I got a phone, and then I got an email right away. And that email right away was uh, a, a production company that, that did um, Leaving Neverland for mm. HBO. And that was, that was their biggest documentary ever watched. They're doing a capital film now. And they wanted to interview me for it. And I did. I already did it. They flew out from London and and interviewed me in California. And mm-hmm. they interviewed a lot of people. They got a lot of, like, congressmen and women. Yeah. And when they asked me what my films were about, I did not hold back. And, and I hope that they put some of this in the film. I know HBO would, would put my words in there thinking that, this is the depth of of the conspiracy that that we've gone down, but it's all truth. And so if they do put some of that in there, oh my gosh, fantastic. Well, I always say I'm a conspiracy analyst, but anyway. <laughs> yes, that's more precise. Yeah. Well, you know, you did mention uh, about Ashley Babbitt, and I know that you've analyzed the the films that have been made and uh, I, you know, could you kind of narrate your feelings on what happened and how that went down for our audience? Yeah. The whole Ashley Babbitt situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Ashley Babbitt, you can see some footage of her walking from the rally to the Capitol. She's dressed as a, as a Patriot. She has a MAGA flag around her, I think, or she's holding a flag. So, like, if you were just to jump on in, you would assume she's an, a super Trump supporter. Uh, then there's a captured video of of a, a scene where there's pretty much a blocked uh, corridor and with with doors and glass, and everyone's just kind of like hanging out, like trying to get through. And she's one of them. And and there's just lingering. There's just people lingering. There's not much going on. And then all of a sudden. Uh, she she attempts to break through this barricade, this, these doors and, and glass, and gets shot by a cop on the other side. The cop who is MIA, no one knows his name. <laughs> uh, no one even cares. Like, where is he? Uh, the the husband who's spoken out now about his dead his dead wife. Why doesn't he care about who shot her? There's just so many holes. But anyway, she gets shot and falls back. And everyone creates a very obvious and orchestrated scene. And, and basically, she lays there and bleeds, and uh, that's it. You don't really, they don't. There's nothing else. Like they carry her away in a in a very poor fashion. There's when you watch the video though that analyzes this, which is in Perviewood Volume Two, but it's also on the links page. It's so sketchy. It's it just it just shows how obvious it is. Well, you know, I watched it in the first right right away. What I I said to myself as I was watching, she's she's climbing up to get through this little window, and mm-hmm. she's up. She's elevated. In other words, her feet are not on the floor, which means at the angle that this and I've watched the 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 shooter, and 
the angle is all wrong. I mean, to shoot her while she's there, that would have hit her like her hip, not her neck. Perfect. And exactly. I mean, you'd have to angle the gun up to hit the neck. I mean, this isn't even. Oh, I'm. <laughs> it's simple geometry, right? <laughs> you know, those angles don't work. So super yeah. simple, yeah. Yeah, it's super simple. I mean, forget all the rest of it. I mean, it's interesting. I, 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 I looked at it, and I don't think their blood pack worked very well. And I, you know, I have a lot of comments on it. But when I looked at it, the first thing I noticed was, wait a minute, those angles are not right. They just aren't correct. That's impossible. Mm -hmm. Physics don't work that way. So right yeah. away, and then I agree. It, it's like, oh, you know, oh, she was shot. She was shot. Then they tried all this other stuff with like, whoa all these other people die all these officers die well you know it's all been debunked and they kept trying to make brian uh what sidenick was that was his name uh he he did die oh, yeah. but he died of a stroke at home the next day i mean it's <laughs> he didn't, you know this doesn't work either so you know what do you think what do you yeah. what do you think as far as what were they trying to do with this story do you have any theories on how they were trying to develop this or what they were using it for besides trying to make a, you know, trying to say it was an insurrection. That's obvious. Mm, when it comes to Ashley and why she was murdered or that whole thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It could have been a distraction on scene. It could, I haven't really thought why that happened or who, uh, because it's all so confusing still to me. And and I spend a lot of time trying to figure out everything, and make movies about them. And in in this situation, I'm still in the air because I, I don't know. I really don't know who who was in control that day. It feels like it was a chess game with a bunch of people around making noise. And I still think Trump is president. I think he's the 19th president. And I think that the mainstream media is holding on to this matrix illusion that uh, they have control in. They actually do have control of people in that. And so a lot of people are playing those by that, by that, by those rules. But yeah, I really feel like what we're seeing is a transition and, and we may see the constitution get re get more uh, talked about because it really seems that Trump is president still. Well, it's so interesting. I don't really know though. Yeah, the constitutional aspects come up. I mean, I, I'm a big uh, believer in, in, in studying the Constitution and understanding it. And what we're seeing right now, even with the states, uh, I referred to it in the beginning about the Arizona Attorney General, you know, uh, really coming down hard, thank God, on the U.S. Attorney General and explaining to them that the states have every right, they're sovereign, you know, people do not understand that we are a confederation of states here and that the states are, are uh, not, they're nations, they're, state, they're nation states. In other words, they're their own country. And then we have a confederation, which is called the United States right? So mm -hmm. of America. So with that, uh, we have this, you know, I mean, we can get into all the details of, of which constitution we're on and upper and lower case and all this other stuff. But the basic idea is, is that, and I do think that if the purpose is to wake people up to that, it is starting to work. People are starting to realize they have the power to create these audits. They have, you know, in Georgia, 
this is really this is amazing. Uh, with all of the issues in Georgia uh, this week, they they uh, uh, ruling came through in Georgia with uh, they have the fifth the fifth ruling in a in a row for uh, a petitioner for in Fulton County about ballot inspection. Okay, and now mm. this is amazing. They are. Uh, they have. They have said yes. It's. It's okay to pursue criminal charges against individual board members on election fraud. Well, this is stuff that would have never happened had we not had all these other events happen. So, do you think that this was maybe intentional? I, I hate to say it that way, but do you think that it was a? I think it was allowed to happen at, at, at any level. I, I do believe it was allowed, but do you think it was intentional? From from what you're looking I, at, I, oh yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I do, I do. I live, I live through it, and yeah, it's just it's just unfortunate that it has to play out this way, but I feel like it has to it, for this whole transformation to go down. Right. Well, you know, if we don't have enough uh, pain and misery, people just kind of don't do anything. They just they they just sit there, and. Uh, you know, exactly. that's exactly how we got into the spot in the first place and not taking self-responsibility about anything, including our government. Now, it does irritate me that says, oh, you know, you people elected these people. Well, maybe, maybe not. I think we've had corrupt elections for a long time, uh, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that's I, so true. For a very long time. For a very long time. And, you know, it's it's very interesting, too, because I don't believe that this is, is at all unique to the United States. I believe it's a very international issue that this is a international sting on elections. I, I look at all of the, you know, I didn't get to certain parts of what I had wanted to present, but, you know, we have a, a massive, um, well, basically you could look at it as a massive sting operation. In Miramar is an example, but we have many of those examples now that are happening where all of this is being uncovered and the corruption, not just in the election, but all over the, the whole political spectrum is being uncovered all around the planet. The royals are being exposed. You know, I think I think they're going to let the stuff out around Diana in the next couple of weeks. And that'll be a real wake up call for the UK because they've been a little slow to the party here. Uh, you know, it's that'd be great. You know, wouldn't that be great? But I, you know, I then maybe I'm I'm you know, hoping, but, um, it's still, it seems like some things are really moving that would have never moved previously. That's what Mm -hmm. it feels like. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the whole thing going down is, is uh, big enough to make people question more and more. It's almost as if this had to happen so that people would actually wake it, wake up from their slumber, their comfortably numb slumber. Mm hmm. No, there's a lot of, I know, isn't it funny how all this music comes into play now that we're like, oh, I didn't get that before. <laughs> like another <laughs> brick in the wall, comfortably numb, all of that. It's like, hmm, gee, I didn't really understand that song previously. <laughs> or yeah, that movie. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, so with your, with your films, I mean, this is really an interesting position you're in because you're, you know, our our audience may not be familiar with all your work, but you're bringing up a lot of very, the the exact things that all the censorship is around and all the controversy and presenting it to people. And how are people reacting with that? Like, do you, what kind of feedback are you getting? Are they, is it? On the films? 
Yeah, I mean, like, are people, are, are new people just finally getting red pill or, 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 or what's happening? Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, a lot of people say, hey, man, you made my mom a Trump supporter or, or like, hey, you, com- you completely like red pilled my family. That is so cool to, to hear, to be honest. And uh, yeah, that's the purpose. And there are some people, when, even when I had when my films on YouTube, I don't remember really getting anyone saying negative comments based on the content. Most people would just complain that they would complain about my voice. (laughs) (laughs) If there were any complaints, it was complained about my voice. And then I got the opposite. I got a lot of people saying, oh my God, who's this guy talking? And in the beginning, I thought, wow, I never thought that anyone would be talking about this. Why don't we talk about what's actually in the film? (laughs) <laughs> hmm. Well, do, they do talk about that, though, right? They're saying it, it red-pilled people, or uh, you know. Yeah, a lot of times that's like that's like the e- the emails I get and the people that reach out. Yeah, it's it's cool. It's even gotten to a realm where my music is used to uh, soothe um, kids with autism and and help them with their focus. There's an mm-hmm. organization that uses my music. And and makes like visual, um, I don't know what to call them, just very cool, trippy visualizations that help focus. And and I never, she became a producer of a lot of my movies, which is so cool. The the world that expands from doing what you love, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. doing what you're called to do. It's dark stuff to make movies about, and but not all of them are dark. Like there are films I make that explore the nature of reality, like escaping the simulation uh, and the cube and a lot more of the films I'm doing now are, are more geared toward we've learned and now how can we help grow through this and grow from it. So a lot of like my next film is the divine feminine and, and that's a whole part of a series called the looking glass series where we'll explore a bunch of movies and topics like twin flames uh, secret sp- uh, space programs. Um, yeah, I'm really excited for that. That's, that's that's pretty much what I have coming up. And then with a bunch of other collabor- co- uh, collaborations forming, there's a Newsom film that we're going to make because we want to sh- expose Gavin Newsom and how much, uh, how, I mean, so much <laughs> has been just crum- crumbled underneath him because of his stupidity. So, uh, we got to expose them. So I'm working. Yeah, I'd, with, lo- uh, I'd love to collaborate on that one. Uh, anyone who knows me knows that I, I hate gruesome newsome with a passion. Oh, that's so. great. Yeah. yeah. There's a, <laughs> there's a woman, uh, Sarah Stevens, who's running for governor and she just assembled a team. And so, yeah, I'll loop you in. I can loop mm-hmm. you in for sure. <laughs> yeah. There's some of us waiting out here, just waiting. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, so it's, it's lovely to hear that. So, all of the things that are, are coming about. And so do you see people in your audience that are, are able to like, are they expanding their lives from, from this? Are they, do you see people like waking up, moving on? And then, um, I mean, I guess, I guess is it, uh, what's the outcome uh, coming out of this? I can imagine it, but I want to hear it from you. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't really explored other, 
other people that deeply who have watched my work, but I know what it's done for me. And I do keep an eye on a lot of the fans and friends in the Telegram chat that I have. There's like, I guess, 1,300 people in there now. But I've seen the most important thing I've seen is that there's a bunch of community around me. The the Lion's Den <clears throat> on Telegram has become such a support group for all of us, which is what I find the most beneficial thing is we all know these dark truths and a lot of us struggle in sharing those truths with anyone else. So when you mm -hmm. find somebody who's learned it, who's gone down there and, and has felt what you felt, it's like family. And so I, 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 I've been manifesting more family in, in the flesh, but I really think it's because it's been in the digital first. And, and that's where, I think a lot of my films just brought together people. And and now what do we do? That's my mission. Like, uh, how do we continue this revolution? And you gotta be careful with the words you choose to, to describe this whole thing as, but no one wants to live under this kind of control once they realize what they're living under. And so what do they do? And I have films that are in the works to actually, sh uh, not exactly show the way but to describe that there is a way and to hopefully inspire people to become sovereign and 100% sovereign. It's, it's the becoming sovereign film and it's a reality. It's a real thing. We, and if we all did that, then that would be a massive revolution. And I don't know if we really all could, but my gosh, we should try. We should try. Well, we're at the bottom of the hour again. Can you believe it? So we yeah. are on the other side of midnight with Nick Alvier. This is the Lion's Share of Truth. I'm Anetta, and I'm co-hosting with Timothy and Kenthea, and we will be right back after the break. One of the ways that this organized crime system has been able to monopolize the media and has been able to uh, control the government and control perception at a, on a wide scale is because it's the banks at the core and they've been given the privilege of creating money out of thin air using a technique called fractional reserve banking. where the central banks backstop the money center banks to create money out of thin air. So when you go to get a loan, whether it's a mortgage or a car loan, that's not depositor money that they're loaning you. Uh, they just credit your account with some dollar credits and you're off to the races. And then you spend the rest of your life paying interest on a mortgage that somebody created out of thin air. And that's the reason why the bank is the largest building in every city on the planet. Because they're making outrageous profits. 
by getting to loan money at interest that they created out of thin air. This is Etienne de la Boissy Squared, the author of Government, the Biggest Scam in History, Exposed. And some of my favorite conversations are the ones that I have on the other side of the news with Timothy, Annetta, and Kinthia. Thank you for doing what you do and providing the service that you provide. Welcome back. You're listening to The Other Side of the News. My name is Timothy Saunders, co-hosting with Annette Driscoll and Kintia. And tonight we have Nick Alvia with us. And the show is entitled The Lion's Share of Truth. Nick, I've been very quiet because I've been listening to what you guys have been talking about. Um, yeah. I've also been watching quite a few of your movies this week. I think I've watched... Oh, nice. At least 10. <laughs> Whoa. So uh, pretty much back to back as well. I'm, I'm fortunate in that my day job um, allows me to sort of listen, monitor and watch other, other media while I'm creating my own, own work. Uh, so nice. I've been on quite a journey through your, your eyes and ears this week. I've been watching, oh, I went through... Perviwood one all the way through to nine, but I haven't seen nine part two actually. I don't know why that is, but maybe I just ran out of time. But uh, that's that's quite an eye opener. A lot of the things I was familiar with, and it's not to say that not to belittle it in any way at all, because obviously this is what we do on this show is to search for the truth, and a lot of the subject matter is within arm's reach of what we're doing. You did underline many, many things. You made some in very interesting connections. And also, I think the, the style in which you, you created this, this piece of work is very, very, um, what can I say? It's a gentle way, especially with the sort of musical background. And actually, I, I enjoyed your narration. So I don't know if these people didn't like your voice for some reason, but I thought it was a positive element of the whole the whole uh, uh, production, um, but it was a it was a gentle way to discover a lot of information in a relatively short number of hours. Um, right. So great, man. You know, well done, and thank you. I do have some questions. We live in an age when literally everything, whether it's a, a billboard or a fashion magazine or you know it, it it's it's a breakfast cereal being photographed or a, a tv ad or whatever it is we're living in a photoshop world and we're living in a you know whichever video editing setup you use but also in video we can also change colors we can you know green screen we can superimpose we can do multi-layers and, and so on and so on when we create videos my father was a filmmaker, so I, I sort of grew up um, to some extent in that circle. 
Uh, I made some nice. productions myself, different subjects. What I'm trying to say is we live in this, this age when almost anything is possible, where the illusion is actually normal because everything is enhanced. Whether it's a car, whether you know, the tires look a little bit more squeaky or a little bit more black or the, you know, the model is, is made to look taller or shorter or the breakfast cereal is made to look you know, more shiny or, or perhaps more natural, whatever it is. What we do carries a huge amount of responsibility if, we, if we're enhancing to create the illusion of something because, let's face it, the software is there giving you that opportunity to create an illusion. So my key question to you is that when you're writing, producing, editing, creating, out of 10, the, the content, the source, what is the number where you are happy to go ahead with that piece of information? I mean, you say, okay, well, 10 is total truth, zero is total lie. What number is it that you are prepared to go with and work with? Mm, that's good. I, what's great is uh, I, I normally don't have a, if I see that something is circulating around and I, and I inspect it and it looks to be true, but yet I still can't prove it, I will gladly go with it and, and approach it with uh, an air of what if. So in the films, I may present some things that I'm certain of, and then I, I oftentimes won't let people know I'm certain of it because I don't want them to reach it themselves. But, yeah, it's a hard question to say because I don't – when it comes to a film, if, if something captures me uh, on a 10, it's usually something that I never knew was there but was so obvious. Like when I did – Fall of the Cabal, which is a play on words, which is uh, still alive on Paul McCartney. Mm -hmm. And how, it, like, that was one of the first films I, I made where I was writing it thinking that I want to convince people. When normally before I was presenting, th that was one of the first where I thought, okay, I'm so convinced now that I'm going to, this is what I'm going to do. And yeah, so I mean, when it comes to the individual though, like, to tie back to your question, I guess if anything peaks me on a seven, you know, if, if yeah, because I can't really tell what's real or not, you know? Well, that, that's the thing. I mean, with all, and again, I'm not, fo you're the, <laughs> I'm asking you the question. I'm not particularly focusing this towards you, but I think it's something that we all should be aware of is that, you know, how do we know anything anymore? Because we live in an era of fake news. Oh, um, right, right. I, I, that, I do that, take a lot of, I see what you mean now on that level. Like I'm a nerd when it comes to finding out what's real and what's not. Mm -hmm. um, for example, I've seen very prominent people in our movement who post things and, and all it takes is about five seconds to check it out and you yes. can find out if it's fake or not. Like, for example, I mean, it says five, I say five seconds. That's only because I've done it so many times, but like, for example, if someone posts an image, and they have any kind of words that are some are leading to some conclusion. You can always do a reverse image search and see Indeed. where that exactly. Yeah, yeah. Most people don't even know they can do that. I think it's like 10 URL or something, but uh, you can just Google or DuckDuckGo reverse image search and you can find out if an image is real or not. 
And so I feel like when the sixth happened and then everything afterward, it, a lot of people were getting sensitive around anyone who had any dates or claims or whatever, because so many times that had happened and nothing had occurred. So I think it developed a lot of uh, discernment in those who were like us, you know? And so when I make a movie, I definitely do have a level of discernment before I show anybody because I don't want to be uh, representing a film uh, company with, uh, I mean, when I'm saying absurdities, that mm-hmm. sounds weird because anyone else on the outside can watch my films and go, this is all absurd. But there are things that I, I look out for and make sure that I'm not sharing false information out there. Like there's a few things that are theories and I love going down theories. So yeah, that's a lot of times I, I just hope that I train people to think outside the box and to question everything that they've been presented well, I, th- I think that's essential. It's the only way, and, and people have, have actually been trained for decades, I would say, to think the other way, which is to go with the flow, to go with, uh, oh, I like this guy, and this guy votes for this guy, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vote for this guy as well. You know, it, it's, it's lame, frankly. Um, yeah. That there are these sort of psychological, what should I say, is this psychological grooming. I mean, whether people acknowledge it or not, they're being led on exactly. a conveyor belt. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Like the the whole KGB defactor who came out, um, Yuri Besmanov, and he described that their te- uh, technique for taking over a country, ideological subversion. How mm-hmm. do you take over a country without weapons? You can do it with their mind and generations. Yes. Yeah, and generations, yeah. exactly. I mean, that, that's the other exactly. thing as well is that time, time passes pretty speedily these days but it doesn't take that long in terms of years to for people to forget whole whole clips of time or whole, whole you know principles or meanings and, and and i think that that's something we're living in an age right now where we're where kids are subjected to lessons with zoom for example i mean in my opinion it's absolutely pathetic attempt to educate people and, and again i'm i'm very uh, what can i say we maybe get to COVID shortly, but um, mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say is not only are the elderly people disappearing for various reasons during this, this pandemic, uh, in my opinion, but also the young are being stunted in growth in terms of education. So, you know, we don't have to look very far over the horizon to see that we're going to have a, another whole generation of people who are just going to be I hope, uh, more smart than just following the conveyor belt. So no, I know. This, this, is, this is one of the things is, um, I'll, I'll come to that question later, but I, I would like to ask you, you know, how you're going to cover the COVID thing in the future. But let, let me go interject first of all. You mentioned you, you made quite a large claim that, and also Aneta, I believed, um, supported it, and that was uh, going back sort of uh, half an hour or so in the show. And that is, you don't believe that the current president of the United States is, in fact, the president. Now, right. that's that's going to be shocking to some people, especially for some of the very few that may have voted for him. Can you support that with any any 
evidence or source or gut reaction or I mean, Anessa, if you want to come in on this as well, because this is this is a very hot topic. I don't think we can just say that and pass pass it by and say, you know, it's just a, an artifact along the way of the conversation. Yeah. Uh, let's see. From what I've learned and seen. Okay, so there's a Winter White House in Florida. Most people don't know about. And mm-hmm. uh, Winter White House is was built. I can't remember who did. It might might have been JFK. I don't remember who, but they it was built because uh, they wanted to work, do everything they could in a in a nice environment during the winter times up there, so they could go down to Florida. I think it's so, quite a bit older than that. It's it, it's older than that. Yeah, it's quite okay. a bit older than that. Yes, I think it might have been Roosevelt, but don't quote me on that one. But it's it's not JFK. I know that. <laughs> so go ahead. Awesome. And so now we're all kind of given these clues out in the in the public from all the 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 truthers who are just researching and there's a few things that have come up that are that we've flagged and one of them is there's absolutely nothing going on in the white house at the moment there's nothing going on there and there's a lot of independent youtubers who who film the white house often and there's a lot of strange things going on nothing that um, that I'll say in one statement is going to make anyone believe this. Really, they're all pointing signs that lead you to a point where you'll eventually have to make that claim because you're not going to get it from the mainstream media. But, but then there's also a lot of video of Biden in an Oval Office that looks eerily similar to the Castle Rock Studios that have an Oval Office. That was another thing that started flagging people's interest. Yeah, it, it's interesting you bring up Castle Rock. I was just uh, just watching a, a video yesterday evening by a, a Dutch uh, woman called Monopoly, and uh, she's pointing out that uh, Castle Rock and uh, Vanguard are pretty influential in almost every com- company on the planet, and that's quite eye-opening. Um, yeah. So forget not just the media but global um ownership or invest investment in like you know the lion's share of the, of the companies on the planet that that's pretty uh eye-opening but anyway please continue i i would like to, to jump in just for a moment um so one of the things that is that there's there's an insurrection act that uh was never you know, we don't know for sure if it was signed or not, but what we do know is it appears that it might have been because of the way things have been going, that the Pentagon will not communicate with Biden, that the Air Force One, it, it is not a plane, it is an insignia that goes with whatever, it could be a, uh, a lawnmower, and it would be Air Force One if the president's on it. There have been many things that have come out that show that this is, it's been green screened. There's photographs. And the other thing is, is they also have breached a lot of protocol. There's so many protocols that have been breached. But one of them that is indisputable is that old camel toe there and old, old Biden uh, got on the same plane together. That is, you never do that. Because, you, you know, if the plane goes down, both of them are down at the same time. They actually did that. The other thing is, is on Inauguration Day, 
it was a private plane and it was not a military plane. And the, these are all, I could go on and on and on and on and on with photographs, this, that, but there's many, many things that point to this, not the least of which is that many of the world leaders appear to not be interested in what Biden's saying or talking about. I'll leave it there. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe they just don't understand what he's saying. I, I, I find it difficult to understand what he's saying sometimes. <laughs> I think he doesn't understand what he's saying. <laughs> yeah. And I, look, I'm, I'm not apolitical, really. I don't support either side in the last election. I don't really honestly know if I believe in elections even. I'm not making a jibe at one side or the other. Uh, if we have a longer conversation, then I have misgivings about Trump and Biden, actually. So, but that's a different show. To support what you're saying, I have seen video of um, Biden's, uh, what should we say, nanny, handler, associate, colleague, vice president. I don't know what we want to call her, really. But going up a staircase where there was no actual plane at the top of it. So, you know, maybe it's a cutaway for a, a, you know, a presentation or something. I saw her going up a staircase and there was no plane at the top of it. So, I mean, that's something which may have been just convenient. It may have been giving the illusion that she was boarding a plane when she wasn't, obviously. And also the other one that comes to mind is when Biden was giving an interview, I think, I honestly can't remember exactly when, but it was with a sort of a green grass background with wooded uh, sort of scenery around and as either the camera moved or the reporter moved, but something strange happened, like the microphones of the reporter went through an obvious, you know, another layer of the video. So either Biden wasn't there and he was shot against the green screen or the reporter wasn't there and they were shot against the green screen or the background wasn't there and it was shot against the green screen. But certainly there was a green screen used somewhere in order to manipulate the meaning of that video excerpt and yeah. that's kind of weird and that does sort of validate some of the things you, you guys have been saying do you remember the one i'm talking about and i know i'm being pretty vague about this but do you remember no, the actual I, clip i totally remember it and it had many things that were wrong in it like uh the the beast which is what they call the suv that takes the president around was an older one it was not washed it had it looked like it came off a used car lot it had a luggage rack on it that would not be happening uh, mm. the <laughs> the uh shots that they had of the other people they were all bundled up in winter clothing and yet he was striding in in a tropical weight worsted wool suit i used to sell men's suits i mean i can tell you that, that was not a that was a summer suit that that, that man was wearing and there were other things. Uh, there were things, there was this weird figure that looked like the anonymous guy, you know, the guy who wears all the black and has the mask and everything. And he's running across and he turns around and looks at the camera and then he goes back to running. And the next day, uh, I can't remember, but they sh it shows up again. And I was like, that is just weird. Well, and then there's the pictures, of course, in the Oval Office. My, my favorite video... Cynthia knows this. I never, I never stop laughing when I see this one. But there's one <laughs> where uh, there's, you know, the, there's lots of them with a parking lot in back of the Oval Office. Well, actually, that's not the view out the Oval Office windows. But the best one is when they've got somebody, it's either Trump or someone looking a lot like Trump is trolling in the back in the 
across the parking lot. It's hysterical. Mm. So I don't know, you know, they're playing some kind of game here because clearly that's not the, the Oval Office. There's the, the, you know, you can't change the trees and all that <laughs> and put a parking lot there. It just doesn't work. So, so what does all this mean? Now, that's um, the question. That's the million-dollar question. I don't think anyone out there really knows. I don't think, I don't think you could talk to General Flynn and he would know, but maybe. I don't, I, like, my, one of my producers talked to Juan O'Savin for four hours, and now he's making movies based off of that interview. That's Screw Big Gov. You just had him on here. And, uh, I mean, him talking to Juan O'Savin and then hearing about it, I just, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, right, where, I'm right where you are. I honestly, I don't really believe in Trump anymore. I don't. And I don't think anyone should be pushing vaccines. So something's up. Something yeah, is something is definitely strangely up. up. Yeah. And I and have I, deeper theories that are far out that I don't really promote because I don't want to be labeled as just completely crazy. But I got some theories that, that Trump might have even died in October. Oh, I, I haven't heard that one. But I do think that the bottom line is for everybody on the planet, we've got to wake up, take responsibility and pull ourselves out of this mess, doing whatever it is that each of us can contribute. Because the idea of turning to a government or a person like they're like they're going to come rescue us, that's how we got here. That's exactly. how we got here. Exactly. Exactly. I keep telling people that if they don't feel like they can do anything, if they don't feel like a leader, well, do do your part in going and, and waking up a leader. There's a lot of people out there who aren't doing anything and who are capable of it. So if you have the ability to go and, and, and if you're not a leader yourself, if you're not going to make, make a wave, go try and find someone who will and wake them up. We all have a part in this somehow. Yeah, and I think it comes back to really that sense of of realizing that we do have some power. The country has been asleep where people just think like, oh, there's nothing I can do. My vote doesn't count. And, and it's this sense of hopelessness, helplessness. And I think we're coming back to a place where like, no, I'm not going to take this anymore. And yes, I can do something about it. And yes, I will. And yes, I am doing something about it. I'm going to speak up and I yeah. am speaking up. Mm-hmm. Exactly well, what's needed. The, the thing is that it's a fine line, isn't it? Because you can say USA is United States of apathy, but on the <laughs> other hand, United States of action could also be detrimental to everybody. So that it needs to be a fine line between doing absolutely nothing and, you know, storming the streets and going crazy. That That is why it's so essential that everybody in my opinion um engages their discernment and you know when you look at a headline know where it comes from make it your job to know where it comes from and then also as much as you may dislike it or hate it or, or dis be disgusted by it is to look as the headline which contradicts it and know where that comes from and out of those two headlines you will probably have a much better understanding of what actually is going on than if you just read one, because you always read that one. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it, it, it's, it's so simple. Um, but I think most people fall out of the habit. Yeah, very true. 
so yeah i don't know i mean we have a a white house which in my opinion is more like a sort of a weather house you know it's like a so the man comes out of one side with an umbrella the woman comes to the other side and the sun is shining and you know, at the moment, I think we probably have a cuckoo clock that sort of strikes every every <laughs> once in a while as well, coming out the top of it. The White House and the system, in my opinion, and uh, forgive me if I'm upsetting people, it is something to entertain people. I don't mean that in a, in a positive way, but I mean, people get drawn into it. They get sucked up into it. It's these four-year cycles. You know, the financial system up until before this COVID pandemic has kind of gone in, you know, four-year cycles um, within obviously other cycles as well. The, the whole thing is, is, a, is a movement, it's a wave that, that allows people to sort of, you know, survive. It's the, the pre-election talks, it's the election talks, then it's the election, then the new president is the inauguration, and then, the you know, all the promises, which mostly are not kept by previous presidents and so on. I'm not, not just giving America the hard time either. I mean, it's 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 everywhere. The UK is the same. I mean, name a country and you have the same story, frankly. We have only a few, very few minutes to go, Nick. And what I really would like to ask you is what your feelings are in literally a couple of minutes about what the hell is going on now with this COVID-19 business. Mm, yeah, I can, I can sum that up in a, in a few minutes. Whole, are you uh, gonna make a Are you gonna make a, a, a movie about it? Yeah, I kind of already did, and, and but as it continues to roll out, there's more and more stuff to make films about. But like Purviewood Volume One, uh, Purviewood Nine Volume One explains a lot of the New World Order agenda behind what could be what we're experiencing right now. This whole COVID push, this whole vaccine push, um, it, it looks like a population control. It looks like a what Agenda Twenty One or uh, these uh, theorized um, blueprints for cutting back the population uh, could could have fallen into this trap. Hold on one second. Yeah. Uh, sorry. And uh, and so yeah, I the whole push for a vaccine has become so obvious that um, it it's population control. <laughs> That's what I think. Uh, I think they try and do something like this every 100 years, 1720, 1820, 1920, now we're 2020. There's usually a big flu that comes around. Mm -hmm. uh, the powers that be, if you look at the Georgia Guidestones, it may very well be that they want a world with 500 million people in it. And and if you, if you think that's crazy, I mean, how in the world are they able to force a, a vaccine out into the public that it wasn't even FDA approved and is coming from a company that has no track record. You get the vaccine, there's no ingredients on the paper. You're not seeing the full truth in the mainstream media about the deaths from it. it most people, they just need to wake up a little bit. And, and a lot of them are. But unfortunately, there's a lot of followers out there and sheep who will just do what anyone else is doing. And it's, it's working. For those, the the ones at the top, I feel like they succeeded in, in what they just did. I, 
I can't contradict you on this, no. I think that probably what everything you said is right, but I, I do see this as a springboard to a renaissance. And, uh, you know, the new world order does not need to have to be something according to Klaus Schwab. I think we can, we can create it our new world and uh, according to our order. And uh, that, oh, that's yeah. the key point. 100%. Yeah, that's what's that's what's springing off of this whole situation is people waking up unlike ever before. And, mm-hmm. and that is creating the new world. And unfortunately, we might see some crazy repercussions from all the families and, and friends that took the vaccine. And hopefully it's not anything too crazy, but well, we're ready for it. We're all we're all together now in this. We know who the enemy is now. It's not a left or right thing anymore. Absolutely not. No, it's, 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 it's always been, there's a common denominator. I call it the minority and the minority, in my opinion, is, is uh, what's uh, controlling or attempting to control the rest of the pyramid below it. And uh, yeah, the minority is, is the minority. We are, we are the majority and we wake up every day with the power to create our, our own world. And that, that's the essential thing. So that, that's why we do this show. I, I, I would imagine that's why you do these movies. Uh, I used to call them movies, documentaries. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And eventually it'll be uh, narrative films, like uh, exactly what Hollywood does, you know, to, to program the people. It's time to do the opposite, and kind of uh, in big ways. Because there's a lot of people out there who need it. And Absolutely. are going to need it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, it's amazing how this show has uh, rocketed past. Thank right. you very much. I'm going to uh, to close. Despite the initial unpleasant realization of the truth, you will see there is light at the end of the tunnel. There is an increasing number of respected journalists, writers, politicians, doctors, lawyers, influence artists, activists, and innovators who are wide awake and are already making great impact. All they require from you is to unplug from mainstream and social media propaganda, to make your own independent research, to stop acquiescing and to stand up for what you believe in with respect to others. Remember, you were born with power and you wake up each day with power. It is entirely up to you how you choose to retain or give it away. You've been listening to another live broadcast of The Other Side of the News. This 63rd edition is entitled The Lion's Share truth and remains available to all listeners free of charge at www.theothersideofmidnight.com forward slash t-o-s-n my name is timothy saunders and together with co-host and producer kinthia and co-host and researcher annette driscoll offers special thanks to our guest nick alvia we wish you all a very positive week and look forward to reconnecting with you on our next edition next friday good night good night